Hi there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Millman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the idea of creating an aquarium filled with leaves, seed pods, and other botanicals is as much a leap of faith as it is a practice. We're talking about adding all this stuff to your tank and then letting nature do her thing to a certain extent. As we've painstakingly analyzed over the years, adding these materials to an aquarium not only impacts the aquatic environment, it actually creates it biologically, chemically, and physically. So how difficult is the idea of creating and managing a blackwater aquarium, really? I mean, it's not that hard. The hard part is deploying patience and the need to observe and go slowly when setting up your tank, allowing natural processes to occur and to play out. And you need to learn a little bit about basic water chemistry, like stuff you should already have a grasp of, right? Yeah. As we've discussed many times here, if you're starting with a brand new aquarium, you can stock the shit out of it with botanicals and leaves and such. Since you have no existing fishes in the tank, you'd simply add your selections of botanicals and cycle the tank in your fave manner. And fishes, uh, you know, you add them when the ammonia and nitrite levels have stabilized. This is not all that different from establishing a reef aquarium, for example. Before you add the fishes, you need to create a stable aquatic environment. This is not rocket science. You need to test. You need to deploy patience and common sense. And you need to educate yourself. And you need to have a game plan. It's not just, let's throw some all sorts of stuff into the tank. We've instant blackwater aquarium after that. No, no, no. You need to have some sort of game plan that dictates not only the type of materials that you add, but in what quantities and with what intentions. Are you trying to create a certain look? Are you trying to create optimum environmental conditions to breed a certain fish? Are you wanting to impact the pH of the tank? Have really darkly tinted water? You gotta, gotta find out what that is. One thing to note, keep in mind that you need to utilize water with little to no carbonate hardness to have anything but the most negligible impact on pH in your tank. There's been this long-held aquarium urban myth perpetuated by hobbyists who simply haven't had first-hand experience, as well as certain vendors who are, well, let's call them what they are, morons, that adding catapolis, alder cones, or whatever will enable you to dramatically lower the pH of your tap water-filled aquarium with little or no effort and create instant Orinoco conditions. Stupid. These, this kind of regurgitated bullshit hyperbole claim needs to stop, as do the overgeneralized, often incorrect assumptions of what botanicals can and cannot do. We've talked about this many times here to the point where you're probably sick of hearing it. The damage to the hobby and to the botanical-style aquarium movement that's created by offering false hope and unrealistic expectations to the aspiring botanical-style aquarium enthusiast is immeasurable. We need to spend the time researching these things before we leap. We need to put in the work to learn about what to really expect before we can have an Instagram-ready tank or whatever. I know it sounds like a buzzkill, and I hate to be the sugar in the gas tank, as they say, but it's important to be realistic and to be informed. There's tons of resources beyond just our blog about how pH and hardness work. There are a lot of articles on water chemistry, the nitrogen cycle, reverse osmosis, and on wild blackwater habitats and how they function. You need to put in the work and you need to research them. Personally, I receive several emails a week from hobbyists who purchased botanical materials from vendors around the world who have some of the most basic questions and are disappointed because the stuff they purchased from, you know, XYZ botanicals didn't lower their pH or killed their fishes or whatever. I mean, this is stuff people should know. Okay, crazy micro rant time. To my fellow vendors, an appeal, a request, no, actually a challenge, maybe even a plea, step up your game. Don't just try to make a quick sale by luring in the uninformed and inexperienced and promising them some sort of fantastic results, and then in an act of unmitigated gall, refer them to our website 
or to me for the education. I've seen a few of you guys out on social bragging about your vast experience, your passion, your ability to procure stuff over years and all that stuff. That's great. So why don't you share it? Why don't you talk about this? Where's your blog? Where's your podcast? How come it's always just, hey, we've got this at this price. We're great at having the best selection of this or that. Why is it so easy for you to sell this stuff, but apparently even easier to take no responsibility to educate your customers? If you don't make this effort, you suck, period. Don't suck. Rent over for now, but I had to say that. Obviously, I'm happy to help. Our blogs, our podcasts, our videos, our live events, the, the talks I've given, all these things are free to anybody to make use of. So please do. And of course, you can hit me up with your questions. That's okay. However, the answers to many of them are right here for the taking. Oh, and we're doing a book soon too. So it'll be even more concise and easier to find this stuff. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. With regards to adding botanicals to an established, stable, populated aquarium, do it slowly. Water monitor parameters. Observe. Test. It's simple. It's logical. There are no concepts unique to our specialty. Like so many things in aquarium keeping, the extent to which we put our animals' lives at risk is in our hands. Using botanicals to help foster black water conditions in an aquarium is no more dangerous than any other aspect of fish care. It's not all doom and gloom. You simply need to be aware of the potential of these materials to impact the aquatic environment, just like anything you add from substrate to rocks to driftwood or in any type of aquarium. This is no different than running an African Rift Lake cichlid tank or a reef aquarium. You need to be aware of what's going on in your water. It's part of the game. Blackwater aquariums, botanical aquariums, like so many other specialty aquaria, are not set and forget systems. We've talked about this a million times here. They require monitoring, management, and observation on a continuous basis. Oh, and preparation of the materials you add is crucial. Like many of you, I've made my share of errors in this hobby. Almost all of them involved rushing stuff, taking shortcuts, or getting too relaxed in my practices. When I started playing with botanicals in my aquariums almost two decades ago, I made a fair number of mistakes. Sometimes they cost the lives of my fishes, and killing fishes sucks. Some mistakes were caused by my lack of familiarity with utilizing various materials. Others were caused by not understanding fully the impact of adding botanical materials to a closed aquatic ecosystem. All were mitigated by taking the time to learn from them and honestly assess the good, the bad, and the practical aspects of using them in our our aquariums. And sometimes that meant developing best practices to help mitigate or eliminate issues such as, uh, you know, water pollution, etc., as much as possible, even though the practices may not be the easiest, most convenient, or expedient way to proceed. After more than five years of running Tannin, I have pretty much identified the two most common concerns for customers associated with utilizing botanicals in their aquarium. Curiously, our two biggest concerns revolve around our own human impatience and mindset, not the botanical materials themselves. The first is preparation. We're often asked why we don't feel, you know, that you you can, without exception, just give your botanicals a quick rinse, toss them in your aquarium, and go on. After all, this is what happens in nature, right? Well, shit, yeah. But remember, in most cases, there's significant dilution caused by larger water volumes, currents, biologically rich substrates, etc. that you encounter in natural aquatic ecosystems. In even smaller bodies of water, you may have very mature nutrient export systems and biological equilibriums established over long periods of time, which can handle the influx and export of organic materials. However, even in nature, things go awry, and you will occasionally see bodies of water fouled by large, sudden influxes of terrestrial materials, often leaves, grass clippings, etc., sometimes after a rain or other weather events. And the result is usually polluted water, large algal blooms, and a pretty nasty smell. 
In the aquarium, of course, you have a closed system with typically much, much smaller volume uh, of water, limited import of fresh water, limited filtration, i.e. export capacity, and in many cases, a less robust ecological microcosm to handle a large influx of nutrients quickly. So you know where I'm going with this. Fresh botanical materials, even relatively clean ones, are still often dirty from collection, storage, etc. They may have dust, airborne pollutants, soil, or silt, depending on where they were collected. Even cobwebs, bird droppings, and dead insects. Yuck. Natural materials accumulate stuff. They're not sterile, made in some clean room in a factory in Switzerland, right? Yeah. So just giving botanicals a quick wrench before tossing them in your tank is simply not a good procedure, in my opinion. Even for stuff you collect from your own backyard. At the very least, a prolonged 30 to 60 minute steam in boiling hot water will serve to sterilize them to a certain extent, following it with a rinse to remove any lingering dirt or other materials trapped in the surfaces of your botanicals is a great idea. Now, I don't recommend this process because I want to be a pain in the ass. I mean, it's debatable that I am, but I recommend it because it's a responsible practice that although seemingly overkill in some people's minds, increases the odds for a better outcome. There's simply no advantage to rushing stuff. Like all things we do in our aquarium, the preparation of materials that we add to them is a process, and nature sets the pace. The fact that we recommend 30 minutes or more of boiling is no concern to nature. It may take an hour or more to fully saturate your Stucurlia pods, for example. How did I butcher that? That's my own, my own product, Sturculia. <laughs> Sorry about that. Before they sing. So... You know, that's the way it goes. Relax, savor the process, enjoy every aspect of the experience, the fragrance, the smell, that earthy scent that they give off when you're preparing them. It's cool. How much to use? Well, that's the million dollar question. Who knows? Even that is a guess and decidedly unscientific at best. It all gets back to the, in my humble opinion, absurd recommendations that we've been proffered over the years by vendors, who are, you know, recommending X number of leaves, for example, per gallon or liter of water. There's simply far, far too many variables, ranging from starting water chemistry to pH to alkalinity and dozens of others which can affect the equation and make the specific numbers unreliable at best and stupid at worst. Now, nothing is perfect. Nothing we can tell you is an absolute guarantee of perfect results. You're dealing with natural materials and the results you'll see are governed by natural processes that we can only impact to a certain extent by preparation before use. But it's a logical, responsible process that you need to embrace for long-term success. And when, com when it comes time to, uh, to add your botanicals to your aquarium, the second tier of the process is to add them to the aquarium slowly. Like, don't add everything all at once, especially to an established, stable aquarium. Think of botanicals as bio-load, which requires your bacterial, fungal, microcrustacean population to handle them. Bacteria, in particular, are your first line of defense. If you add a large quantity of any organic materials to an established system, you'll simply overwhelm the existing bacterial population in the aquarium, which will likely result in a massive increase in ammonia, nitrite, and organic pollutants. At the very least, it'll leave oxygen levels depleted and fishes gasping at the surface as the bacteria population struggles to catch up to the large influx of materials. This is not some sort of esoteric concept, right? I mean, we don't add 25 3-inch fishes at once to an established, stable 10-gallon aquarium and not expect some sort of negative consequences, right? So why would adding a bunch of leaves, botanicals, wood, or other materials containing organics be any different? It wouldn't. So please, please add botanicals to your established aquarium gradually while observing your fish's reactions and testing the water parameters regularly during and after the process. Take measured steps. There is no rush. There shouldn't be. It's interesting how the process of selecting, preparing, and adding botanicals to our aquariums has evolved over the time since we've been in business. 
Initially, it was all about trying to discover what materials weren't toxic in some way. Then it was about figuring ways to prepare them and make sure that they didn't pollute the aquarium. Finally, it's about taking the time to add them in a responsible, measured manner. I think our biggest struggle in working with botanicals is a mental one that we've imposed upon ourselves over generations of aquarium keeping. The need to control our own natural desire to get stuff moving quickly, to hit that done thing really fast. And the reality, as we've talked about hundreds of times here and elsewhere, is that there really is no finished and that the botanical style aquarium is about evolution, a continuous evolution. The ty- this type of system embraces continuous change and requires us to understand the ephemeral nature of botanicals when immersed in water. I know I may be a bit blunt at times when it comes to talking about these prop, you know, these topics of prop, uh, preparation, the practices, and patience, but they're critical concepts for us to wrap our head around and really embrace in order to be successful with this stuff. All caveats and warnings aside, the art and evolving science of utilizing natural botanical materials for the purpose of enriching and influencing the environment of the aquarium is an exciting one, promising benefits and breakthroughs that we may not have even thought about yet. It's okay to experiment. So in summary, there is no way to create a successful botanical style aquarium without really trying, but you probably guessed that already, huh? The successful botanical style tank, any successful tank for that matter, requires you to be patient, employ discipline, observation, and education. That's the easy part and the hard part, depending on how you look at it, right? So before you jump, make sure that you make the effort to educate yourself and get really smart about this stuff and share your experience on your journey all of it, the good and the occasional bad. It helps to grow the hobby, foster a viable movement, and it helps your fellow hobbyists. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is. Until next time, stay thoughtful, stay educated, stay observant, stay patient, and always stay wet. This is Scott Feldman from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.